Noirs. Want to see how long I could hold it this week? Wow. Welcome to the world's number one film noir podcast. The best, the biggest, the brightest, or the darkest. I guess we're in the shadows, right? Yeah. Uh, out of the podcast. Welcome to it. Looking fancier than ever. Fancy Dan. Hello, sir. Hello there. Gentleman Joey here to say, welcome to the show. Welcome. How's everything? Everything's okay. I've actually gotten quite a bit of, uh, of watching of movies, including uh, I watched Body Double for the first time, the oh De Palma film. I was waiting to, to start the podcast to tell you. Um, Is that why you said relax? Yes. I'm Rem- very relaxed. Re- because Remember I had alluded to a, yes. a band in that movie and it was uh, Frankie. Yes. Which I, which is amazing. Do that whole sequence. Yeah, it was it's very. Sur- I mean, there's some weird surreal moments in that movie. I mean, I get like DePaul does that, but like, yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I really, really liked it. I, the more I thought about, it, the more I liked it. Like after that, it definitely was like one. Like as I, you know, I liked it as it was happening, but the more I kind of thought about what happened and and how everything was kind of laid out, I, I really liked it. It sits nicely. Yeah, and yeah. I, I watched I uh, uh, Dark of the Sun that you had recommended. I watched that yesterday. Hey. Man, that was a ride. What a um, ripper, huh? It was it was brutal, man. It was it was a it was like a very sadistic movie for the time. I mean, it was it came Dude, out like you're, you're in the right place for today's episode, man. I really am. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a good lead in. And the last thing I want to mention is um relative to the show is I started watching my my friend let me borrow uh Cold Jack the Night Stalker on yes, the yes. Kino. We we had talked about it. And uh one thing that I forgot is that I watched the first five episodes, it's 20 episodes total, of like the first five episodes, three of them were directed by a friend of the show, Alan Barron. Oh, great, great. Which is awesome. Man, um, I gotta check that out. It's great. It looks great. I can't recommend the, the Kino box set enough. It's fantastic. It's got a great booklet. Looks great. Yeah, definitely recommend it. The show's awesome. You know, like I said, five episodes in, it's just so cool, so influential. Yeah, um, definitely. It's just a good time. And there's a little bit more... A little bit more comedy in it, but it's still pretty. It's it's still pretty dark, but more comedy than like the 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 made the two made for TV movies. Like they were a little bit more straightforward, like more serious. But this is like serious, but there's some nice like comedic touches in it. They're like just enough. That's good. Yeah, but I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, definitely definitely recommend that. So yeah, been watching a lot, man. Just all hits, keep, man. It sounds yeah, like yeah, it's been a good ride. It's been a good ride this week. I've seen you? two out of three of them. I mean, I've seen episodes of Cold Jack, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Body Double and, and De Palma. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is definitely like you're saying, like, it creeps up on you. You know, you're like, this is yeah. a good time. And then you're really like, when you're ranking it and thinking about all of his au revoir, uh, yeah. it's quite good. Melanie Griffith, man, she rules. She's a good time Amazing. in it. Yeah. Yeah. And and even just, you know, it's it's definitely like homage to Hitchcock in a couple different ways, obviously. What's that? Brian De Palma directed it, Dan? <laughs> Yes, I mean, I know he's kind of known for that, but I think this one in particular, it shows um, very much so, um, but in a good way, in a good way. Yeah, I mean, if you want to ever wanted to like jack off during Rear Window, this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. yeah, it made me think about like, I feel like it's been talked about before, but like the, the neo-noir, like erotic thriller isn't yeah. much of a thing as much anymore. Like that was definitely the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, like absolutely. Like, I mean, like it had like a really good chunk of time in that era. If your um, body was doubling or if it was heating, heated up from some up. body heat or, uh, or I mean, a hot spot, it was a hot, hot spot. It was a hot spot. I mean, either way, you're getting fucking sweaty. But yeah, I mean, yeah. even De Palma, I mean, Dressed to Kill is Dressed like, to Kill. Yeah. So fantastic. And, uh, Blowout, of course, Blowout. is all timer. I mean, maybe my favorite of his. Yeah. I mean, very likely, although 
it's tough. You watch them and you're like, this is a, such a good movie, you know? Yeah, like it's tough. Even Carrie, you know, they're all they're all such a good time. I think part of blowouts for me is because I, I love Blow Up, the the Antonioni film, but also mm-hmm. it's I mean it's shot in Philadelphia. So I mean, like that's always gonna have a special place in my heart. And plus John 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 Lithgow in that movie. I mean, just ruthless and so Lithgow, good. Nancy Allen. Nancy you know? Allen's fantastic. Yeah. Still just, married <laughs> to De Palma at this time and yeah. And and John Travolta, I mean, he's, he's so fantastic in it. It's a he's side great. you really never see from him. And yeah, you, and you Dennis Franz, you, you get the the pop up. Right. <laughs> you don't you don't need to get me started on Dennis Franz. I love Dennis Franz, especially in the De Palma verse. He's in Body Double. Yes, he is. Yep, he's and, a director. Yep, and is fantastic in it. He's so sleazy. Um, ah, he plays the sleaze Franz. well. Yeah, he is the greatest sleaze of all time. I mean, even in NYPD Blue, like he was a sleazy cop. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a good time this week with as far as movies go, and I'm about to uh, to dive into that. I, I showed you that that nine movie film noir box set, which is it's Mill Creek. So I'm I'm, I'm like is what it is. but the value the value is there. I mean, it was like nine movies, and I, I got it used for like twenty bucks. So I mean, like, and a lot of like ones I've been wanting to see, um, including Out of the Fog, not Out of the Fog, uh, Escape of the Fog. We've seen my Out fog. of the Fog, yeah, yeah, we've seen Out of the Fog, yeah, Escape from the Fog with with Nina Fodge. Well, that's great. I, I I saw some new movies this week. Okay. Finally watched The Northmen. How was that? We got the whole house together. It was a nice experience. That movie was a lot of fun, dude. I, I think you're okay. going to like it when you get to it. Okay. Are you a fan of Eggers? He did the the Vivich and uh, The Lighthouse. Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot that was him. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, The Witch, I, I thought was okay. I, I liked The Lighthouse more. I haven't yeah. like revisited Lighthouse. I saw it in the theaters and I haven't watched rewatched it since, but I liked it. I thought it was good. I like The Witch. I, I really did love The the Lighthouse, though. It really had a great tone. I mean, that's still the superior one, but this is a very, it's a fun little Viking, Conan the Barbarian little little trek. It's fun and it's it's brutal. And it's mm. everything you want. And then I watched the new Cronenberg last night. I was going to ask. Crimes been, of the Future. I've been really wanting to see that. How was that? It was okay. Okay. Um, okay. It kind of wasn't, it didn't kind of go the levels you wanted it to. There was a lot of ideas going on, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, still unpacking it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That one, I, that one I've been in, it's like one of my most anticipated, like, I mean, I love Cronenberg and I like the, the people in it. I mean, I, I yeah. like Kristen Stewart. I like uh, Lisa do. So like, yeah, I've been wanting to see that. It seems up my alley. It's definitely something I'm interested in, in seeing, but. Yeah, I guess like it's hard sometimes to also compare, you know, after so much time between like a Videodrome and and scanners and stuff like that. When you think back to those type of movies in comparison, it's hard to or even um, what's it called? Um, Crash. I was going to say this is probably closer to Crash, but not as horny as you would expect it to be. But um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot to say for sure in this one. And like I said, there's a lot to unpack, but a lot of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was, interesting. Right. it was interesting. Didn't hate it, you know. Oh, that reminds me. I did. I so I. Oh, here's a movie you hated. No, I didn't hate it. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot to mention it. So yesterday or uh, Friday, they announced that uh, the Dinosaur Junior documentary was on Apple TV. So I was like, Oh, oh great! Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to go watch it. Like I kind of like psych myself up. I'm going to watch it. So I, I I sit down. I after work, I'm ready to go. I'm watching it, and then I, I pull it up. It's rental or buy. It's not. It's not free. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, since I was already psyched, and I was like, fine. I was like, I don't really go to the movies that much anymore. So like, this is like me going to movies. It's only four ninety nine. So I rented it. It was decent. I I didn't I didn't love it. I, I liked it. 
I wish it was a little bit longer. Like I feel like okay. they spent a lot of time on certain things and then they like cruised through towards like the middle end. It feels like they just, it felt rushed towards the end. They really tried to like finish up a lot of things and then end it. So it just, it felt really kind of uneven, but you did, it did have some interesting things and they talk a lot about the dynamic between Jay and, and Lou and like what went on with them in interpersonal relationships. I did. Like they were hyping the movie like that. It would get into that. So yes. that's what I'm most curious about. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, it sounds like, watch. Yeah, worth a watch. I'll wait till it pops up on streaming somewhere for free. It sounds like yeah. I'll save my four ninety nine, but absolutely we'll check it out. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth a watch. I mean, it's only like an hour and twenty some minutes. It was very short. That was Shorter than today's movie, Dan. Yeah, was it? No, this one's. I mean, not by much. It was like an hour ninety two. This is ninety two yeah, yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, about the same. You want the segue, or you got anything else? Nope, that's it. I, I'm glad I remembered Dinosaur Junior because I was going to tell you about it, and I I almost forgot. So I'm glad. I'm I'm happy that I remembered it for myself. I think it would have happened in the episode. I just don't know if it would have happened that soon. Like, I think we'd be wrapping up. You'd be like, oh, shit. And you would even swear for the first time, Dan. And I'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah, well, what does I he have to that. say? This is, a, this is a crazy exclusive he's about to drop on us. And then you'll be like, oh, I watched the Dinosaur Jr. documentary. And it was okay. I'm saving that for episode 100. <laughs> All right. You heard it. Exclusive on the show. 25 episodes to go. Dan will say drop an S-bomb on us. No, I'll, I'll pick a I'll pick a word. It'll be my whatever word I. Decide. He's gonna he's gonna surprise us with an exclusive cuss. Yes. And then we're gonna have it for the soundboard afterwards. Find out, find out then. Stick Come around. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited now. I'm gonna stick around till then. I was like, you know what? This could be the last episode today, but nope, nope. I'm, I'm staying on board. All right. Well, boy, what a what a hype! What is exclusive that was just thrown upon us? Uh, welcome to it, though. Episode seventy five. Dan, I always say it, I'm a comic book fan, I come from comics, and in comics, every 25 issues, it would be a, a big anniversary issues, we, we made it, so, you know, you're 25, you're 50, you're 75, that 100, we already got our 100, uh, 100 pager comic that Dan's dropping on us, 100 pages of cursing, <sighs> but 75, I want to do something special, and uh, this is it, this is, this is a, a special one for me, this is a, a, a heavy hitter, Dan said he had never seen it before, which is was very exciting to me to find out. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it, though. This is tagline wise, the story of a woman who loved unwisely and too well and relentless suspense and <laughs> the coldest killer a woman ever loved. I like that one. That's the one that's on the DVD. That's a good one. Episode 75. Dan, we're born to kill. As you, no, as you not know. born to run. <laughs> no. Well, if you kill, you're, you're going to want to run after that. Yeah. This was released May 3rd, 1947 from our old friends. They're back again. We're going to watch every movie they ever released, apparently. RKO Radio Pictures, mm -hmm. which means this is a Warner Archive release. DVD only, criminally so, but yeah. perhaps we could conjure that. We're going to save up all our magic for this, unless Dan hated it. I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, directed by Robert Wise, our old friend Robert Wise. I know that guy. We know him from the setup, Blood on the Moon, Odds Against Tomorrow. He's been here this year once before. Back mm -hmm. again with one of his earliest efforts, based on the 1943 novel Deadlier Than the Male by James Gunn. Adapted for the screen, though, by Eve Green and Richard McCauley. Speaking out of the fog, he wrote that one. Mm -hmm. well, here we are. Welcome to the show. We're in the muck. We're in the dirt, Dan. Here we go. Yeah, this was and I, I was I, I hate to use the alliteration, but this was a wild one. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I mean, in all, in all, you know, in all ways possible. Yeah, it was, it was, I was not expecting this uh, at all. 
going into this movie. I did not expect it to be this brutal. Very um, brutal. I tried. Very, to, I tried to tell you. Yeah, very, as, as very ahead of its time. Yes, very ahead I, of its time. I mean, this is 1947, and I kind of had to keep reminding myself as I'm watching it. Wow, like this isn't even the 50s when things would get a little more, you know, like this. Yeah. And um, you know, it 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 was controversial. This yeah, this was a thing. And then you got Lawrence Tierney. Uh, he's dead, so I feel safe in saying this. You know, history's greatest villain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crazy in, in, man. In real life. In real life. I mean, go Google. I immediately after watching this, put on like the Reservoir Dogs uh, special feature where they're all talking about how nuts he is, and then the Seinfeld special feature when they talk about how nuts he is, where he played Elaine's dad. And, you know, it's supposed to be like a reoccurring part, but he was just so crazy that uh, they didn't ask him back. He took a knife from the set (laughs) from like George or from Jerry's kitchen and stuff like that. Yeah. He's like legitimately scary in that Seinfeld episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. So scary. Uh, He was on The Simpsons. I remember hearing on the commentary how difficult he was. And then also like this guy gets his bar brawls. He shot at his nephew. He probably killed a woman and made it look like suicide. He beat up cops. He's like, he literally is Sam Wilde in this part. So yes, that's why his movies just are an extra layer of entertaining because like this is method acting. I mean, like literally like these parts are almost written for him. Yes. Like to method around him, you know, like method writing. Even He is a real son of a bitch, but yeah, he lives his parts. (laughs) Exactly. He, he won't be dishonest for you. And, and that's all you can ask for. But uh, yeah. we, we, we start in Reno, Nevada, the, the biggest little city, Dan. Mm-hmm. That's and, true. And uh, we see a boarding house. And this is there's some very fun back and forth going on in here. The dialogue is so fun in this movie, even mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to give you a little bit of joy past the brutality. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, especially early on with uh, Mrs. Kraft and Lori Palmer, not Laura Palmer, Dan, easy there. What is this, Twin Peaks? Trust me, trust me. I, I thought about the entire time in the movie, I thought about that. Dude, I was waiting for the fun fact, because we we would see David Lynch pop up in these parts before, finding out how much of everything he's done was influenced by film noir, but I didn't see him turn up in this, but I gotta imagine, right? Like, I feel like he probably saw us on TV, and maybe it, like, it was in his subconscious or something. Yeah, I mean, once you see this, it's gonna stick around in your subconscious, but... yeah. Uh, Isabel Jewell is a total jewel as Lori Palmer. And we spoiler, we only get her a little bit, but she really makes quite an impression. Yeah. Uh, she's been seeing this man she's talking about. She says some, you know, very nice things about him, but also she's like, Hey, I want to make him a little jealous too. You can't be with a man and not make him jealous, especially because this guy's so confident and clearly could give a shit. I got to throw a little something in there. So I'm going out with this guy, Danny, I used to date. Just to always a Danny, isn't it? Ah, these fuck, <laughs> these fucking Dannys. I tell you, there's a, a real, yeah, <laughs> sucker. But she was talking up the, the dude Sam, like he's like this big hulking guy, like he's got these nice shoulders and like he's make him quiet, sound, but yeah. like yeah, he can not a turn up, <laughs> like, exactly, like, no <laughs> turn ups whatsoever. And Mrs. Craft especially is so funny. She's wasted, and then Helen Brandt walks in, and she is very put together, the complete opposite of these drunken party goers (laughs) Um, these characters yeah you know she at least appears to come from money and she's been staying in town to get a divorce Mm -hmm. and she's she's about on her way out she's just finishing up packing up there's a train coming in tonight she's gonna go ahead and handle that but maybe she'll head off to the uh casino to have a little fun today so all is well 
She writes her check. She heads off. And now we're at said casino and we see ourselves a little Sam wild with an E at the end, Dan, just to mm-hmm. really, really keep it wild. Our Lawrence tyranny. Well, I will say real quick that on the, the, the subtitles, the Ooh. captions, it actually spells it W I L D, which is interesting because it's wild. Every, it's wild with an E everywhere else. So I don't know who made that decision, but I like that Dan. Though. I'm okay with that. I kind of want it to be that. You know, I trust subtitles over anything else. So we're, it is. We're, we're decreed it here. Everyone, yeah. one of the Noiros, go edit the Wikipedia page, the IMDb page. Get rid of that E. True wild. Yeah. Ooh, look at you. Something wild. No yeah. E. Yes. Would ruin the movie otherwise, Dan, if you, you gave that movie an E at the end. Yes. <laughs> Any movie. Born to kill E? Like, that'd be terrible. Yeah, yeah it'd be weird. Yeah. We, we, don't, we don't do that here. So, yeah. Playing a little craps, rolling some dice, spinning the wheel. It's a, it's a real party at the casino. And he takes notice of Helen Brent, or Claire Trevor, of course, mm-hmm. from Murder My Sweet. We've seen her before. Mm-hmm. A staple of film noir. Mm-hmm. Are we, has she been in anything else from us yet? Um, I was looking at that earlier. I don't think so. I think she comes up in some other ones we haven't covered. Um, she's coming. I mean, there's more coming, absolutely. Yeah, she, I mean, she's in Key Largo, Raw Deal, Johnny Angel. I mean, there's definitely ones that we'll, I'm sure we'll get to. But yeah, Did she like win an Oscar done. for Key Largo, too? She did. She, yeah. I think she won a supporting, a supporting uh, Best Supporting Actress, yeah. There you go. She's great. She does a fantastic job in this, especially once we get cooking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they take notice of each other. She's helping out with the dice roll and everything. And then, of course, Lori Palmer walks by with Danny. Mm-hmm. and with the he, slickest hair ever. He's a, he's you know, a, his hair was like slick, man. He, he's a fancy Danny. Is that yeah. what you would do if you had the hair to slick? I would, yes. I if, I, if I had that hair, I would. Do you still have dreams with hair? Like, do you do, do in my dreams that I have? Yeah. Do you like, I, are you, do you feel like a, a long flowing mane? Um, I've had a dream before where I had, like, I actually had a dream once that I was like, I think I, it's probably because I just watched Corvette Summer, but then I had like Mark Hamill, like late 70s, like Hell flowing yeah. hair. And, I, yeah. and I, I was really disappointed when I woke up and I didn't have that hair. So, I mean, we're yeah, all disappointed when we wake up to not have that hair. So don't worry. Yes. You're not alone. Great, great hair, great hair in that movie. Oh, buddy, absolutely. Um, so yeah, he sees this and he gets all Lawrence Tierney in the face. He does not like this. And Danny and uh, Lori, they go back to her place and she's like, come on in for a nightcap. You're getting laid, buddy. And he's like, yeah, I'm your guy, he literally says. And they head in. He goes into the kitchen. There's some music playing and <laughs> you just see Lawrence Tierney in the dark, just like waiting for him. In the and, kitchen, uh, yeah, it's yeah. great tries to play it cool and he's like no nah, man i'm here tonight like don't worry like what are you what are you getting jealous over before this is Lori palmer like get over it and he's like no 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 this is my girl dude you got to go so it kills him he uh, uh, danny takes out her knife too tries to get in like a little stab but yeah they get in a scuffle yeah yeah he's ready he's ready for him but it does not work in his favor you're going against this brick house of a man yeah and so He's dead. Lori comes in and she's got to go now, too. Unfortunately, this thing got way too messy. So he taps out. He goes away and he makes a phone call to his friend, Dan. Who is this friend? Our old friend, Elisha Cook Jr. (laughs) Marty Waterman. Uh, He's he's fantastic in this movie. Yes. I don't really know what their relationship was other than they're just like kind of friends like. 
they're really good friends. They, I've I've heard in some some things they called him like the enabler, which I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, that's really what he is. He's an enabler in this. Movie. I mean, Dan, you're saying they're really good friends. Like he is there to clean up all of his messes, yeah. and just to he realizes that this guy is a psychopath, and it's just like, yeah, dude, I got you. As long as we're cool, I will go clean up your messes. But they never really get into why. But I'm I'm kind of glad they don't. There's no reason. Yeah, you why wonder, slow down like, a perfectly good movie with some facts? Yeah, I mean, they basically kind of played as like they've just been longtime friends, like they've known each other for a long time. So I think they just—I don't know what the circumstances was. Maybe something he did something for him at one point, or maybe they, you know, were in jail at one point or something. Who knows? But um, they have a close bond. I mean, they've lived together. I think. I think they said for didn't they say for five years or something? Yeah, something they, like that. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's as long as they've known each other. But yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, he, absolutely. I don't even think we've known each other for that long, Dad. Uh, getting there probably close to there yeah yeah it's crazy bum yeah we'll, we'll celebrate that episode too maybe with another cuss huh yeah here we are <laughs> here we are here we are so helen also discovers these bodies she sees that the dog is loose mm-hmm. which also i want to give a shout out because you see this dog romeo romeo great name Ro- <laughs> great name for the dog i mean there's just all these little touches like that that are so good but in laurie palmer's place like it's her dog and uh, it's just a really good dog actor. I don't know. I was very impressed with the, the the dog acting that it had to do. Only the finest at RKO. Exactly. Well, you know, and of course, being directed by the great Robert Wise. Yes. True. Even even the dog step it up a little bit, Dan. Yes. Upping <laughs> upping his game. Woof woof. But yeah, it did a great job. The dog is out, so she's like, "Oh, I got to get you back in." She's like in the. She goes through one door. And she's like, oh, I better put you all the way in because you'll just get out again. And she mm-hmm. goes to open it and instantly sees the body. She sees like a hand. And she's a leg in the shadow sticking out, laying out of, of, uh, of Lori too, yeah. which is a nice shot. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a gruesome scene to see. And so she goes and she, she calls the cops, but she's also like, I got to get the hell out of town. Yeah. I got to get back to where am I going, Dan? What what city uh, do we are we quite fond of? Is this the city, city where dreams are made? <laughs> Absolutely, and destroyed. Oh, and destroyed. Apparently. San Francisco. San Francisco. Dan Francisco. We should call it. Or it you. Be. It should be. <laughs> did that help this movie's chances with you once you saw that? It did. It always does. But yes, yeah. That's. I think that's a pretty much of a given at this point. But yes, no. That that always helps. I mean, such brutality. We're going to need to ease you in with a little bit of a familiar friend if we can. Yeah, it is. It is kind of interesting how much it, it crops up in film noir. It is. It is interesting. But I, I'm here for it. And um, Reno too, a little bit. Yeah. More than Vegas. Yeah, I think because it's like since it's on a smaller scale, it's it might be easier to film there. I don't know. Like just maybe from a practical standpoint, but also just cause it's a little bit off the path more. So who knows? I've never been not, to either. So I, I, I can't really say, you know, for, with experience, but I mean, I've been to Reno, I can't, but I would need to go to Vegas to then say with complete experience. It just makes you think of the Jonathan Richmond song. Cause he sings like Reno, 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 honey. Yeah. I, no, I mean, he's not every wrong. Time I, every time I hear Reno, that's what I, what I think about. It's exactly what it was. That's what I want. I just, I want, I want Jonathan Richmond in cowboy boots walking around. That's, that's, that's really what I want. I mean, I want that in general. It doesn't need to be Reno. It could be anywhere in the the country. So yeah, she's going to head back to San Francisco. She's got a ticket. It's a leaving very early this train in the morning, like one or two in the morning, something like that. And also who's going to be on this train? Well, you know, old Marty Waterman was like, Hey dude, go get a train ticket. Pay for it when you're on the train. Don't get it in advance, which is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, you need to be on this train to San Francisco. Go get lay low. Yeah, yeah, get get the hell out of town. So we're on the platform waiting for this train. Uh, we got Helen Brent waiting there, and uh, Lawrence Tierney pops up, and she knows, like, oh shit, this is the guy that did what happened. You know, she's not confused about it. There's a very scary man. She saw. But does she though? I mean, I I get that she gets that she re- recognizes him from the casino. But does she know that he killed? She doesn't really know that he, he killed them yet. I think she did, but I mean, so, I don't know. See, if I didn't get that impression. Sure. Yeah, I didn't get that impression. I, I get it that she got it later on, like for sure. Like even before she made the, you know, I don't want to jump ahead, but like, you know, I, I don't, I think she recognized him because she likes him in the casino. Like she has a thing for him. Well, like, that can't be denied. Absolutely. Yeah. But and she I, also and did a- know that she saw the connection between him and Lori when Lori walked by. Mm-hmm. And that, like, he went after them and stuff, too, because he's like, what are you doing? Yeah, maybe she made it. And then all of a sudden, this guy is now leaving town, you know, when yeah. they were together. It's like definitely like, well, I saw her corpse and now this guy's leaving and he could do it. Yeah. I think she did. But I, I don't know if it's set in stone. This is just an opinion, which, mm-hmm. hey, it's an opinion show here, right? We don't speak in facts. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes. So he's like, I, she's even too like, oh, I'm, I'm good, dude. Like, but he's like, I'm going to carry your bags. Like we're, we're train buddies. We're sitting next to each other. This thing is happening. So they're on their way to San Francisco. And she is as alluded to by Dan and also earlier in the casino and more so now she likes this guy. And we're going to find out later. Women are creaming all left and right for this guy. He is he's got it. He's, he's got what they want. In, he's in a life. hunk, man. He, he's a, a hunk of everything, and they don't even care that he is a fucking stone cold killer because he's a stone cold killer in the bedroom too. They want this. <laughs> they want to break off a piece of that tear and eat tear meat. This is it, Dan. This is it. How long did you spend writing that? That uh, I wish I could write something so eloquent and delicious. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because that comes up later when Elisha Cook says something along those lines where he talks about like. How she's a she's a she's like a she's a creamy dish. Creamy dish yeah, she's a creamy dish of a dame, or she's a great dame, or something like that. Yes, no, I mean, cream was on the mind when this script was written. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, it was. They're sticking around. She, he's like, yeah, I really like what she's up to. Like, I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna figure out what she's up to. And we now see uh, her mansion that she lives at, and we find out a little bit more about the backstory there. So she lives with her sister. Foster sister. Foster sister, but basically sister. Yeah. And she is super rich. For whatever reason, the father left all of the money to the sister. And at the same time, we also see that uh, Helen is engaged to someone as well. Mm-hmm. Who also, also rich. May have some, some money, yes. And uh, so, you know, seems like this is, is something set in stone. It's a, it's a good foundation, all these people. We don't need any new takers to, to come in and ruin our day, but... Who should come in, Dan? But old Lawrence Tierney just to <laughs> be like, hey, pop doing a popping. Exactly. He he really makes his way in there um, immediately. At first, he's like, hey, uh, Helen, you and me, right? And she's like, no, I'm engaged. This is my guy. He's got money. You're fucking nobody. And he's like, also like, OK, so you don't have the money. Uh, I like what you're doing. So poor people should get with rich people because he says it evens everything out, which was... <laughs> And very nice. Yeah. And so he's like, cool, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to get in with your sister. And it works immediately because, as we said, this guy, he can make women do anything they want. He's a hunk. He is a hunk. 
He is a terrifying just, just honks. <laughs> Uh, so that is absolutely happening. And she, uh, Helen is like, you know, maybe you shouldn't do this. This is probably a bad idea. We're also seeing that the news of the murder has come out of Lori Palmer. It's in the papers. And even they're like, Hey, weren't you just here? And she's like, yeah, and I didn't see any of that. But later she goes to her sister and is like, Oh, by the way, I saw the murder go on. You should be careful around this guy, Mm. but can't be stopped. And turns out they're going to be getting married. Mm. And around this time, we should also mention that, uh, as this is going on, Mrs. Kraft destroyed. Yeah, she's destroyed and she hires a private detective who's great. He's hilarious. Dan, I would watch a spinoff with this private yes. eye. He was yes. so good. His introduction is great. So we're in a diner. You got to get that in. And he's just like talking it up with everybody. We see he's a very, he's a smart man. He's a well-read man, but he's also a little portly. You know, he's mm-hmm. got a, and he likes to eat. And uh, he has that one back and forth with the waitress too, where he's like, she says something, and he goes like, Et tu, Brutus? I ain't talking about what you ate. That's on the house. But I want $8.55 for the phone. Yeah. <laughs> no, that just cracked me up. But yeah, he gets hired on, and he... Just because makes- he's first in the, in the phone book. Yes, he's <laughs> I like, like oh. that little line, yeah. <laughs> you heard so much about me. He's like, no, you're first in the phone book. He's like, well, good news. I got 20 years experience. We're going to make this happen. He's very so, enterprising, too. Absolutely. He gets plenty of money out of her. Because he realizes what's at stake here. A lot of money that she has some money. She's like, I did I did my detective work that I found out that you got, you know, you got some money. Yep. So he goes and he figures out to follow Mr. Cook. He, he gets that lead. And Alicia Cook is also like, hey, everything seems to be fine here. So I'm going to come join you in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I'm heading over here from Reno. And you have that great scene with Lawrence Tierney where he's like laying on the bed and it's all like just silent. And he's like just laying and smoking a cigarette on the bed, the way that was all just framed and it like mm-hmm. s- slowly zooms in. It was a fantastic shot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's coming to town and our private detective, Mr. Arnett is following as well, Albert Arnett. So everybody's on their way to San Francisco and th- now we're at the wedding. The wedding is happening. He worms his way into the back door in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, he just as a being a hungry man. And they're like, well, yeah. we can't turn away a hungry man at a wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he makes his way in there. And Helen is like not feeling good about this as well. And it's fascinating, too, because she's like maid of honor, presumably, or at least a, a bridesmaid. And yeah. she like what she's wearing looks like it could be like a bridal gown. It's very fast. Right. She's like a veil and everything. Right. I mean, that Which comes, comes up later. Play late. Yeah, it comes yeah. into play later, but it's very distracting. At first, you're like, is she getting married to her fiance now? Or Yeah, and that definitely plays to the whole love, you know, I don't even call it a triangle. It's like a, what is it, a quartet? Or <laughs> what would you call that? But yeah, I, I mean, mean that's that- my favorite part of, of the movie. It's such a small thing. But at the wedding, the way that the camera kind of, uh, kind of follows in the same frame. You're seeing all these people come in and out of frame relative to the people getting married and some of the stuff that's kind of going on under the surface. You know, when you got Cook, you got her, and you're all kind of like kind of doing things. And it's just, I don't know, the way it was, it was, it's set up is just like perfect to me. Like, I love it. No, it's some great framing and, and then work, directorial work. I mean, it's Robert yes. Wise. He's so great, but you know, this is definitely one of the first times he got to display that fucking genius that he has in him. Um, and then also, I mean, just going on with this, this is where Helen's full personality like really comes into play. Like we kind of see that she's just very attracted to Lawrence Tierney, but we don't really get too much about her motivations. But now 
she reveals everything and she even confronts Lawrence Tierney and she's just like, yo, I know you did that murder and I fucking loved it. I'm, yeah. I, I'm all in on that murder. It gets me super horny. Uh, <laughs> let's do this. And at one point too, there's even a great line too, where they're like, how come women love murder so much more than men and everything like that? It's like, wow, this is like 1947. They're really like calling out like what life is like now. I mean, with like the murder podcasts and all that stuff. It's just like, wow. That's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Look. It's, it's, it's very ahead of its time. It's very interesting dynamic. And they her. also said something I could relate to as well early on. I believe it was when Mr. Arnett was getting introduced. The delivery boy was like, my that coffee smells good. And a funny how coffee never tastes as good as it smells. As you grow older, you'll discover that life is very much like coffee. The aroma is always better than the actuality. May that be your thought for the day. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, oh, wow. That's, that's so deep. And also like, yeah, I agree. Like coffee smells good and sucks and tastes. And I don't yeah. know. I just, it really spoke to me in a way, Dan. Yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you. And in the way that didn't speak to me personally, though, Helen is still just like, yeah, I'm super fucking all in on murder again. And I like you. And we also saw like there's the wedding kiss that went on and you even see like kisses uh, with Helen and her fiance. Mm -hmm. What's his name? Fred? Yeah, Fred. Yeah. And they're just like these weak little like pecs, like weird kisses. Like even the wedding kiss had no passion. But now Lawrence Tierney and Helen kiss and it is just like passion. It's electric. Yeah. And he's just like, man, my life rules right now. I'm like, I I just got married to a wealthy person. The sister likes me. I mean, she's just very attractive, too. He, he didn't do too bad at all. No, yeah. yeah. So it's just like, life is fucking great. My buddy's in town. He's going to be staying with us. This is, yeah. this is good. All is well. But meanwhile, Helen gets called back into the kitchen. She's like, yeah, there's this guy asking a lot of questions. You should probably talk to him. And of course, it's Mr. RNA. He's like washing dishes, just being like, oh, uh, tell me how long everybody's been here. And who yeah. is everybody? You know, detective yeah. work. And she's like, I can't tell you anything, but, uh, you know, Elijah Cook is staying here today. So wink, wink, that's all. Like he's able to get something from that. Yeah. So all of his, vis- all of his visitors have been here. And it's like, oh, it was only just one. The, yeah, he the only maid, had, the maid tells him, yeah. He only had one person who came. Yeah. And so it's like very nicely set up. And so at this point, you know, she's she seems like she wants to still be on the right side of things and, and help out with this investigation and, and such. You know, she's she's very confused with everything. Like she's she kind of is playing all the sides against one another in a way. I mean, and, and that kind of comes ahead towards the end, but it's a very, it's very conflicting. Like you really have a tough time getting a true read on her, um, which is fascinating. I think what's especially fascinating too, is like, I mean, there's so many role reversals in this, like Lawrence yeah. Tierney is definitely kind of like your typical femme fatale, like the one who's coming in and gumming up the works and, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, uh, everything's good with you and your fiance until I come along. Now it's a film noir. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really fascinating. And then, of course, too, like you have, you know, the screenplay was also co-written by a woman, which is rare mm-hmm. for the time. And you you feel that woman's touch all throughout this. Yeah. It's a good perspective to have. And just like yeah. both Sam Wilde and Helen Brent, you know, there's no characters really like them in any kind of movies. And it's it's good to have them. I mean, yeah. Sam Wilde's only born to do one thing. Run a newspaper, Dan, right? <laughs> he thinks. He thinks so. He wants to run this newspaper so bad he thinks he could do it. He thinks he, he wants to make people and break people just like his life has been. And he knows how to break them. That's for goddamn sure. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but they're like, no, dude, you're Lawrence Tierney. We just got you off the street. Like, is it a good enough? I married you and you're like rich now. Now you want to be like yeah. run the newspaper. And when they're not even saying no. They're just like, come work for us for a little bit. Get used to it. Yeah. We'll figure it out. They worked in like cattle, they said, and like some other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like he'd be a great boss, huh? Yeah. So that's not going to happen. And, and he's pretty pissed about that. And then that same night, uh, Sam and Helen end up alone in the kitchen again, and they're breaking all the rules. <laughs> they really, he, he's definitely like, there's no intention even to be like, hey, leave my sister and co- go away with me. It's like, no, 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 we're going to keep the status quo. And it's like, it's the probably even like the rawness of the affair that's probably even like, oh, let's do that. Because she, she likes murder. She likes mm-hmm. bad boys, you know, she wants a little danger. But she, she's like, also like, hey, you know, I have my fiance. He is my support system. Like my sister, I want to be out from her money. She even says, like, I hate her money. Like, I hate that she has money. It just makes yeah. me feel guilty about myself. Like, I am nothing. I'm trying to make my own way. Just, you know, basically like you are doing Lawrence Tierney, just with a little less brutality. <laughs> right. She loves her sister when doing anything for her, but the money makes her like kind of despise her in a way. It's it's like a weird love hate sort of thing. Well, I mean, because her sister is not. Yeah evil in any way whatsoever like her sister is a a great person person. she's really just trying to help out she's like come take vacations like i'm setting you up like don't worry about it like and she's even too like hey you look a little stressed out hey you know what's gonna calm you down a trip to florida (laughs) yeah (laughs) different time i guess because yeah that's where you want to go if you want to get stressed out and i mean unless you go to miami (laughs) miami yeah maybe that was that was the good time back then I mean, there's probably a bunch of Lawrence Tierney's down there for sure. Yeah. Maybe a Tom Neal <laughs> thrown in there. <laughs> well, and by the way, interestingly enough, the, the, uh, what's her name? Who plays, uh, Mrs. Kraft, Esther Howard is in Detour. Yes. Yes. That's right. She, she's the waitress. Um, so nice little Detour connection there. Nice little Detour Detour. We don't get them often. So it's good to have. Yeah, exactly. Like any, anytime we can get that in, that's, that's, that's great. <laughs> so, uh, now, Helen is going to arrange a meeting with Arnett over the phone. Mm-hmm. So she calls him, but at the same time, Sam's listening in on it. There's no reason not to believe it. They were literally like just talking, but mm-hmm. they arrange a meeting and she, he becomes super jealous, which a little Lawrence Tierney jealousy is not a good thing. You should no. You should be afraid of that. So now all of a sudden he's like, Oh, that's not good. We got to figure that out. But she goes to meet up with him and he's like, leave this guy alone. Leave Lawrence Tierney alone. Like he didn't do it. What's it going to take? And he's like, yeah, a ton of money. I love money. This like, that's what it's going to take for me. I already got the old lady paying me too. Like Mm -hmm. I gotta, I gotta come back with something. So it's going to cost you $15,000. And she's like, well, I'm not rich. Like I know everyone else around me is, but I'm not. He's just like, well, you know, rich people. So you'll make it happen. I mean, she tries to negotiate a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. It um, doesn't work. He's pretty firm at that 15K. And he's even confused too. Like you gave me information before and now you're trying to pay me off. What is yeah. your motivation here? And, you know, I don't, you know we don't even know. So <laughs> we're all just along for the ride. And we haven't talked about simultaneously as this is happening. Marty is meeting up with uh, Mrs. Kraft and trying to say like, I know, I guess I'm trying to remember how he free, how he like, phrases it um because he basically tries to lure out mrs craft we see mrs craft in her apartment there's a meeting with arnett 
and I guess he Marty follows Arnett because yeah, he's on to it. So he's like, he sees what's going on there. He pops in. And he's like, right. Hey, I got good information for you. Hey, the glamour girl. He calls her glamour girl. Yeah. Time. He tries to like flirt with her a bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's like, ah, I can't have uh, drinks. Oh, and he like comes in right when she's playing with like a like a, you know, a bellhop or whatever. At right. This place. And she's like cheating at cards. It's a very entertaining scene. But yeah, it's like, in, it's like the hotel that she's staying at in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. She's like, you know, I got even uh, uh, the money from Laura, Lori Palmer was left to her. So she's like, yeah, you know, I, I just want to do my friend. Right. Like I loved her. Like we no one was like her. We mm. got to figure this out. Like I want to solve her murder. So I'm I'm paying money for it. I don't care. And so, yeah, Waterman comes in. And he's like, I got some information for you. Come meet me at like 11 o'clock at night. Uh, here's an address to give to the cab. And here's a like map, a map yeah. <laughs> of the town because he's a pro in San Francisco now all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. He's like, come meet me there. This is going to be great. And so she does. And it's in, it's on the outskirts of town in the dune. Dan, there's fog here as well. Yes, a little do bit. We, do we have you at this point? What more can we give you? I want to say uh, this might be false fog because oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think I think it, it actually might be exhaust from the taxi. So because uh, the taxi, you think so? I, I, again, I think. Look, I, I didn't want to be too premature about about a fog sighting because it, it almost seemed too good to be true because it, it, it didn't last. It didn't last very long. It was a weak fog. You yes. know, it's it more misty. I would yeah. say it could have been the exhaust. I don't know. But if you say it's a false fog. Yes. As, as a, as a fog aficionado, I, I, I would call, I would call that that was not true fog. Um, okay. All right. Well, false fog might've just changed the game of this entire movie for Dan. He might've been like those son, sons of bitches. How dare they try to get one over on me with some false fog over here. I hope, um, I hope that can be a new a new phrase uh, for everyone to use. Hashtag false fog. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, you know who else was disappointed by the fog as well? <laughs> well it's Mrs. Kraft. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, everyone involved basically yeah. does not have a good time here. She shouldn't. Mrs. Kraft should have never gotten out of this cab. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, OK, this is clearly creepy. I don't know anything about this guy just because he offered to save me a couple bucks. That's not enough reason. Yeah, Yeah. this is no reason to trust anybody. You know, I'm no glamour girl indeed. But she gets out. She goes to talk to Martin and uh, he's takes out a knife. He's going to kill her. They have a nice chase. But then Lawrence Tierney pops up. Shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. And is just like, no, dude, you are the one who needs to go. I find you to be most important. I don't like, you know, he saw that he was alone with Helen at one point. And got yeah. super jealous and is like, sorry, dude. And he's the whole time. He's like, come on, man. This is a misunderstanding. Like, I've cleaned up all your messes. Why yeah. are you killing me? I'm literally out here right now in the process of clearing up one of your messes. This is not cool. But because he was born to do it, man. That's why. Exactly. You can't talk to this man whatsoever. Yeah. He's so fucking attractive, Dan. Yeah. Nothing can be done. So there you go. Yeah, but th- I, I did like that. Se- that whole sequence was pretty interesting. Just the way them fighting um, was 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 pretty cool. Yeah, the knife. Sam, take that knife away. What did I do? I was out here tonight for you. You were in Helen's room for me too, I suppose. I was, Sam. I was trying to save you trouble. That's all. In her room. It wasn't like it looked. It wasn't. I swear, Sam. Wasn't it? Sam, take that knife away so I could talk to you. Listen to me, Sam. Here's how it was, Sam. Oh, you're crazy, Sam. 
I like that he was also like, you got to go to the, he's like, oh no, we got to talk over here. It's like, why would we have to talk over here? So, and she's so, like, at first she's like, no, I'm not going over there, which is what you should say. Um, but yeah, it still didn't end up super great. But I mean, she, you know, she made it out, I guess. That's the spirit. Yeah. A little worse for the wear, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, now all of this word is out. Nobody tried to hide Marty's body whatsoever. So the police come and they talk to Helen and she's like, uh, I got an alibi for you. Don't worry. This guy didn't do it. We're playing cards. Yeah. And then um, then she goes over to talk to Mrs. Kraft. It's like the last thing she's got to take care of. And then we can call it a day on this whole thing. This whole pesky Palmer murder. And uh, she's like, hey, goes over there and she is, you know, full on fucking nasty. And she's just she threatens her and she's like, you know, this is not going to go well. Do you know who you're messing with? I'll kill you. Lawrence Tierney will kill you. We will, we will destroy you. And uh, you got to stop this thing. She's like, okay, I agree with it. But also you're like the worst person alive. Yeah. And Helen doesn't like to hear this. She's like, no, 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 no. It, it's fine that I'm like completely horny for murder. Like that, <laughs> this is okay. Like, what are you talking about? So please forgive me, but I'm going to do this. She goes to leave and Mrs. Kraft spits on it. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. She says, you're an iceberg of a woman. Uh, she's she's yeah. rotten and you know you go enjoy your money from your fiance because you know this is you can be broke without him and she's like ah, that's fine he's not going anywhere do 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 but he's like oh uh hey honey we need to talk and there's like a nice classic like oh, oh you go first you know moment yeah which was always a good time and he's like okay i'm gonna go first uh i don't want to marry you anymore like yeah I've been watching the movie. You don't love me in any way whatsoever. <laughs> hey, wait a second. So uh, it, it's time to go. I don't like it. And she, she's having a bad day. You know, someone already told her she's a horrible, rotten shell of a woman. And now her Fred's leaving and um, she starts to really gets to her. And then, mm. you know, it's like, well, that's all right. As long as it doesn't get worse from here. <laughs> So she goes to talk to his sister about it and everything starts to come out. Mm-hmm. She's like, Hey, uh, you know, I really hate you for your money. That whole thing's bummed me out our whole lives together. And also your husband, you know, you like this guy? Cause he actually is a murderer heads up. Yeah. And she's like, you're just fucking jealous. And Lawrence Tierney comes into the house and she's like, all right, hide behind this chair. Watch just this. Listen, <laughs> this is going to, you're going to love this. This is, yeah. you're, you're going to really love this. And instantly he comes in. He's like, hey, what's up? And they go in for a kiss. And they're just like talking about everything. Yeah. He's like, hey, let's leave tonight. Like, let's bail. And he's like, yeah, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> and like, George is like, oh, my God. Like, screw you guys. George is there. Like, what? Poor, poor Georgia. The the hero yeah. of the movie. So like, bad for her. Yeah. Truly. Absolutely. And it's just like, you got to go. So, you know, Helen's like, all right, cool. We got to kill my sister. Yeah. <laughs> It's the only good idea. Um, and we just see Helen is just full tilt evil. And who should show up? But her old friends, the police, who were tipped off by an angry Arnett who was like, you know, not getting his money. But uh, Helen was on the phone with him and was like, please call the cops. Mm-hmm. Don't you need to do this ASAP? Yeah. So they do arrive. Sam, he goes after everybody, basically the cops, Helen. Yeah. Shooting. everything yeah. starts to, sh- to shoot at her and she runs and locks herself into a bathroom and there's a great shot of all these like bullets going through uh into the bathroom and and helen gets you know taken by one of the bullets and the police make it in and shoot sam dead 
I bet the real cops wish they could do that to Lawrence Tierney in some of their battles. Um, so he's dead. And you're like, all right, cool. All the bad guys got their consequences. Hey, wait a second. What about Helen? This mm-hmm. is a film noir. She's got to have hers coming. She yeah. comes out. They're like, all right, uh, ambulance is on the way. And she's like, oh, you know, holding her wound on her stomach, but she, she, she doesn't make it. She dies. That's it. And then we get our old friend popping up, uh, uh, yeah. Mr. Arnett, mm-hmm. a private detective uh, who deserves a spinoff once again. And he yeah. comes in and gives us a Bible verse. There's been a couple Bible verses throughout this movie, but he goes ahead and gives us one more on the way out. And then you get the credits with some a nice shot of some legs, too. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it, Dan. Born to kill. Was it born to thrill, Dan? Yes, I liked it. I, I, I liked, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I liked the brutality in this movie. I mean, it sounds terrible to say, but like I liked how uh immediate like a lot of the just the awfulness was like it was just so everything was just bubbling like yeah you know everyone's pretty for the most part it's pretty awful um especially you know tyranny and and claire trevor yeah it was good i liked it Um, especially kind of coming off of we've been in a streak of a little not not enough nastiness i don't know so yeah very very nasty catching up for some lost time yeah no it's nice to throw one of those in there um we've been a little bit I mean, there's been some nastiness, but not not as much as this. This is this was pretty pretty brutal. I mean, this is also like pretty much as nasty as film noir can get. Like it's yeah, it's up there, and especially once you know that Lawrence Tierney is a real life psychopath too, and it really just adds to the whole experience. I mean, even the title itself was pretty brutal. That's true. There's no uh, hiding behind it. We could have gone with the working title, Deadlier Than the Male, but yeah, not so much. But yeah, I mean, I love this one. This one gets you know nine point eight from me. Wow, I marks. Pretty much a ten. I don't even know why I'm going nine point eight. But <laughs> what is bad about this movie? Nothing. The false fog. The that, fact that, that there's no Blu-ray, but yes, also yeah. the false fog. Yeah, that knocks it knocks point two off. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Fog is worth point two in my book. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. Well, yeah, I, no, I enjoyed it. You'd recommend it? You would, yeah, I would. Yeah, you I mean, purchase I mean, a Ryan, Blu-ray. Yeah, Robert Robert Wise is a very very solid director. Um, I think he does a great job with these movies. He does, you know, he's done all sorts of movies throughout his career that are even different from this, and he did them very well. So, yeah, I, I I'm always I'm always welcome watching yeah, we're, movies. We're wise to wise. Yeah. Some fun facts though. This was based off of a novel, as we said, from James Gunn. It was published when he was 21 years old, and it was his only novel. Mm. Uh, it was well regarded. He was on top of the world, but who should come along but old Hollywood? Got him to write for some movies and television, so no more books. But um, in the book, one difference is uh, that Helen actually survives at the end and hmm. is off to commit more evil. She hits on an ER or a, a person who's you know coming to take her to the emergency room. Uh, wow, that's interesting. I that, mean, I can't can't have that in the movies, but yeah. No, that would truly be deadlier than the male, which is why this must be born to yeah. kill. But Tallulah Bankhead was considered for the role of Helen Brent. So that, that could happen. Hmm. Interesting. Of course, the uh, this was a movie like this. It's going to have some issues, Dan. The the censors were <laughs> immediately none, like, "None too please." Hey, what the heck? In fact, they were uh, said, "Quote that this film was the kind of story which ought not to be made because it is a story of gross lust and shocking brutality and ruthlessness." And I mean, quote. they're not wrong about all these things, but it should be seen because of that. I was going to say <laughs> that's like the selling points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why you go see a movie. 
So RKO toned down the violence in some scenes and, and also we're like, hey, Lawrence Tierney, that guy is crazy. So we need to make that more apparent. But unfortunately, didn't work too well. Movie did very poorly at the box office. Uh, there was a loss of almost $250,000 for RKO at the time, uh, which is adjusted for inflation in 2020 is $2.7 million. Mm-hmm. And the critics didn't like it. They panned it. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of disparaging quotes from, from critics like, uh, quote, a smeary tabloid fable, an hour and a half of ostentatious vice. Hmm. As unsavory and an untalented an exhibition of deliberate sensation pandering as ever sullied a movie screen. Wow. So a lot of that going on. And also uh, there was some, some marketplaces that didn't want to have this movie in there whatsoever. And they threatened to ban it. Mm-hmm. And also Lawrence Tierney started to really get into trouble. At this point, he um, played Dillinger and was really taking off. That was used in the marketing for this film. But, uh, you know, this this man could only hide who he is for so long. And eventually it started to get out there. And, and that didn't help that this movie was about to be released. In fact, a day before the film's official release, uh, newspapers across the country were talking about a drunken brawl that he had been in and he had violated probation. And then also there was a 12-year-old kid, Howard Lang, was charged uh, using a switchblade and uh, killed a seven-year-old boy in Chicago in 1947 and uh, had come up that he had just seen this movie. I did see that. That was wild. That's wild. So even back then, they're like, you know, scapegoating movies and stuff like that. Violence. And, you know, a movie like this, I mean, even now it's so brutal. But back then it it was very easy to just be like, oh, yo, yeah, this movie, it's doing bad things to people. Yeah. But it's like the the video games are ruining exactly the the youth. But like in 1947. So, you know, they tried to use that as a defense. It didn't work. But uh, eventually he, you know, he was uh, up for a life sentence, but he was acquitted eventually. But the trial itself had focused on Born to Kill and such that it had such a bad shadow over the whole thing. And RKO was even like, okay, we are never making any movies like this ever again. And they, between that and the, the financial loss that they're just like, okay, that's no good. I think I read, uh, didn't like the prosecution, like ask the judge to actually sit down and watch the movie too, as part of the trial. I think I read that. Could be worse, huh? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, judge, I want you to sit down and watch Born to Kill, and then and then see if that you know plays a role in, in your decision. That's that's yeah, that's wild to me. It's crazy that that yeah. whole that whole thing is Sam Wild, but yeah, it sure is. I mean, I get it. You know, it's a it's a, it's a crazy movie, crazy yeah. times. Nineteen forty-seven, Dan. What are you supposed to do? We're basically living in nineteen forty-seven now. After all, yeah. Wow. But yeah. Any, any final thoughts before we, we hype what's up next? No, I think we kind of covered everything. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good time. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, well, we got a good time coming next week, I'd imagine. Uh, I mean, listen to this lineup, Dan. We got Jane Mansfield, Martha Vickers, Dan Darien, <laughs> and Philadelphia. What kind of crime could we be committing? Well, it must be 1957. It's the burglar, baby. Oh, yeah. Just to let you know I'm not selling anything. His name's Charlie. Charlie? Yeah, Charlie. That's his name, Charlie. Really? 
Tell me about him. He likes me. He likes me very much. Your boyfriend, Charlie. He's a cop. Wait, Charlie, don't do it. Not yet. If I tell you where it is, what guarantee do I have that you won't drill me anyway? So I'm excited for this one. I have seen it, and it is great. I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to to your thoughts on this one. It's, I mean, it's it's interesting. Yes, listener suggested. Looking forward to it, but yeah, we we will see what happens. Doing a little burglary, but uh, you guys want to burgle the the social media feeds? Come to out of the podcast on Instagram, out of the cast on Twitter, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, review Apple Podcasts. Spotify, we can be listened to. Uh, fucking iHeartRadio, Stitcher, <laughs> De- Deezer, I think is one. I don't know. They're out there. Yeah, I see some some crazy uh, stats. So whatever you're listening to us on, thank you. Yes, thanks. Google Cast. <laughs> is that a thing? Probably. Okay, it sounds yeah. made up, but it also sounds plausible at the same time. So I, 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 you know, it could be a thing. The listeners that listen to us on those are going to be like, hey. This is my last episode. How dare they? Yeah. <laughs> or tell us, correct us. Yeah. I mean, I'd be curious. I'd be curious. To Look, know. I, I want to get out of the mainstream. So if you have a secret gem, please let us know. We'll go there. FM dial. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be on, on the radio airwaves. We can easily be swayed. Yeah. Uh, send us your predictions of what the swear word Dan will say on episode 100. And if you're right, you'll win it out of the podcast prize pack. Come back and find out. But in the meantime, Dan... Here's the 24 more episodes of uh, No Cussing From You, huh? Yeah, that's right. And sure. also, hey, here's the crime. Here's the crime. There it ding. Got this root beer. It's perfect for this. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Actual bottle. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we go. Swig, swig, red ding.